0: And answers. America, as we have known her, is disappearing before our eyes, and we as Christ followers are oblivious to her downward spiral and ultimate demise if these nefarious actions remain unchecked. What is happening in America, and how can we bring her moving back into the right direction? You're tuned to Evidence & Answers Radio Broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, Pat and his guest, Dr. Phil Ginn, will discuss America's decline and the hope for restoration and renewal. Now with part one is our host, Pat.
1: You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers for the issues Christians face today. While well, historians have repeatedly stated that the reason behind American exceptionalism is freedom. However, you can't have freedom without values and the ideology that lay the foundation for that freedom. And the foundation has been the principles found in the Bible. The Christian heritage of America is undeniable as you study and walk through the halls of our monuments and government buildings throughout our nation. However, we have seen America departing from the founding principles that made her great. And today in our post-Christian culture, you see a growing antagonism towards the Christian faith. How did this happen and how should God's people respond in light of the times we're living in? Well, here to help us understand the times and how to effectively be salt and light and effective ambassadors in our culture today is Dr. Phil Ginn, the fourth president of Southern Evangelical Seminary. Judge Jen is the current president of Southern Evangelical Seminary. Prior to becoming its fourth president, he served as both lawyer and a judge. His final position was the senior resident superior court judge for the 24th Judicial District in North Carolina. Wow, so shepherd, advocate, and judge. That seems to be three roles that Christ plays uh, in his ministry. After retiring from his legal position, he purchased a horizontal pump company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and became one of the largest privately owned horizontal pump companies in the United States. He earned his Juris Doctorate from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and a Doctorate of Ministry from Southern Evangelical Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Dr. Ginn, it's great to have you here on Evidence and Answers.
2: Pat, we're always honored at Southern Evangelical to be a part of uh, your program and and look forward to our visit.
1: Yes, and I can proudly say we've had all the presidents of Southern <laughs> Evangelical on our show. and. Several of them have been a part of our conference as well as the faculty there. In fact, Dr. Richard Howe was a recent uh, main speaker at our annual conference here in Honolulu, Hawaii. So it's great to have you on the show.
2: Well, thanks so much. It's my pleasure.
1: Yes. Well, Dr. Ginn, uh, you know you've stated that America, as we have known her, is disappearing before our eyes, and we, as Christ followers, are oblivious to her downward spiral and ultimate demise if these nefarious actions remain unchecked. Tell us about that statement, and why are we in the situation we find ourselves today?
2: Well, it's almost, Pat, like a uh, salt water seeping into a fresh water supply. You don't really realize what kind of trouble you're in until it's too late, and I think that's uh, that's kind of what's been happening in our nation. It's, it's certainly not uh, hit us uh, like the tsunami that's coming as yet because it's just been the drip, drip, drip of change that's come against our nation over a many year period of time. And uh, essentially, what's happening is those who oppose Christianity will push so far and then somebody will say oh, oh my that's too far and then they'll say well yes it is too far and then they'll back up a little bit but not to the point where they were at the, at the beginning and then another push will come and sooner or later they've got you all the way down the road that's essentially what's happening in our nation right now
1: yes and you know you stated that there's a growing antagonism against biblical christianity in america where do you see this
2: i see it from our own government. That, uh, certainly in the media, and it has even infiltrated our churches. There's a lot of churches, so called churches in America, who are standing against those churches who are trying to stand for the truth. And that's perhaps one of the more sad parts about it uh, to see this, uh, what I call evil, uh, uh, penetrating even uh, into the center of, of once stalwart churches in America.
1: Yes. Now, you stated three key institutions there government, media, and churches let's first begin with the churches, you know, because the churches are to be the proclaimers and the defenders of truth here. And yet we see uh, false teaching infiltrating in quite a bit. You know, give us some examples of that. Here in Hawaii, I can give you numerous examples where uh, I remember the bill to redefine marriage, you know, the gay marriage bill here in Hawaii was being fought over in our legislature. And I think half the churches were pushing for the bill. And I think sure. the other half here were standing against the bill. And it was, you know, right there in the front page of the newspaper, you know, our churches were divided on something so basic as the definition of marriage. Where do you see that well, Pat, in, in it, the church?
2: It's very simple, I think, as what's happening in our churches. Those who are not adhering to an inerrant and infallible view of the scripture, are the ones that are by the wayside. At Southern Evangelical Seminary, we not only pride ourselves, but we are compelled to have a high view of Scripture, uh, to, to believe strongly that it is God's Word, not only as a guide to our life, but it is God's Word with the power through the Holy Spirit to change people's lives. So that's the key. Uh, if you read your Bible then uh, particularly if you look at, at passages like uh, Romans 1 beginning with 18th verse, you can see an explanation of exactly what's happening in our nation and unfortunately as well in our churches. When you get to the point where you're worshiping the creation more than you are the creator, then uh, that's what you get. And and I, I fear that the affluence of American society, and the, uh, to some extent the freedom in American so- uh, society, has uh, helped to exacerbate uh, that uh, that problem. I I would also, Pat, go one step further than, than our discussion, because I think there is another entity that is greatly under attack in our nation, and that's the family. And in fact, the family was the first institution created by God. And when you see particularly, and I'm I'm getting on a soapbox, forgive me for doing that. When you see fathers alienated from their families for whatever reason, taken out of the picture, then chaos is is going to come into the family. And um, we just uh, have a dearth of, uh, I'll use the word manly fathers. Uh, I'm not talking about overbearing, abusive fathers when I say that, but God-fearing men who will step into the gap and raise their children and be a husband to their wife that they ought to be. If you want to look at any one thing in our nation, that's probably what it is.
1: Yes. You know, I'm going through Nancy Piercey's book now. I think it's called the war on masculinity or something close to that and how masculinity, the proper definition of what a godly man is, is under assault today.
2: Well, and, and if you look at our churches, I'm not wanting to get into the fuss about uh, whether you ought to have women in leadership roles. The The point that I'm trying to make here is that there is a dearth of men to take leadership roles in our churches. And that's on us as males. Uh, that's our job, to be the spiritual leaders of not only our families, but by the same token, to be the leaders of our, of our churches. And godly men are hard to find sometimes.
1: I also want to continue, you know, talking about the churches, it's not only the liberal churches that have succumbed to the ideas of the culture, but, you know, I'm I'm kicked out of a lot of evangelical churches for mentioning or briefly addressing issues like transgenderism, abortion, you know, those kind of issues. A lot of pastors will come and speak to me or members of church will come and speak to me and say, don't ever bring up those subjects in our church again. And those, yeah. those are the issues that uh, we need to address. People are looking for answers, and the church doesn't want to address those issues. Do you see that going on as well? church is just not oh, willing to address those issues. They don't want to scare off people.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. They, the, you know, we are trading our addiction to power, to prestige, to self-glory for the truth. And we're not doing well with our trading uh, as we do that. You know, if churches are more concerned about how much offering is being placed in the offering plate than they are uh, expressing the truth of the, of the gospel and of God's word, then how are we going to make it? Mm-hmm. As, uh, how is the church going to make it as an entity? I, I will tell you this one thing. I, I'm studying scriptures a little bit. and In 1 Thessalonians, Paul Says to the Thessalonians that he was there with them for three weeks, by the way, and was teaching them about the rapture, about the day of God, all of the uh, the day of the Lord, about all of these things. But he said to the Thessalonians that he remembered how they turned to the Lord and away from their idols. In that order, Mm. there really was no repentance that was being preached. There was a call to look to Jesus. And once they really caught a glimpse of Jesus, there was an immediate uh, hatred of the life before. But the Jesus that we're talking about in America today is not the Jesus of the Bible. Mm. He, He never existed, the one that we look at in America oftentimes in our churches. But the other interesting thing is, if you get over into the book of Revelations, when we're talking about the seven churches in Asia, they're the ones that's called on to repent. It's not new believers, it's, it's the churches that are called on to repent. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot there that we have left our first love. We've allowed the uh, cultural Christianity to uh, seep into the, the water supply. And I would say to you, Pat, that my salvation— has nothing to do with me. In fact, I, I want to get me a T-shirt. I saw, saw one the other day. It says, uh, this person was wearing, it says, this is not the best that the grace of God can do. I, I need one of those T-shirts. <laughs> uh, because I hope that uh, nobody holds me out as an example as the best that God can do. At the same time, when you, you look at that, we've got to come to grips with the fact that uh, as we draw closer to God, uh our fellowship with God increases, so my fellowship with God has everything to do with me. If I am living in sin, if I have sin in my life, then my fellowship with god is is certainly negatively affected.
1: yeah, you know, you said that the Jesus that's often being preached today and described today uh really is a Jesus that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Describe this cultural Jesus that uh, is often being preached today, unfortunately.
2: Well, you, you know, it's, a, it, it's almost a caricature. Uh, in fact, Patrick Morley, a uh, uh, friend of mine, uh, wrote several books uh, involving The Man in the Mirror, and, and he says, uh, makes one point there, that we worship the God we want, mm. not the God who is. Mm. And so we're now formulating Jesus in our own image instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we create the Jesus that fits uh, our needs and our wants. Uh, perhaps it is with the what I call the name it claimant it folks that if you just have enough faith, you're going to be rich. The Joel Osteen's of this world. That's certainly a caricature. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you get a caricature of. A God who allows everything. The truth of the mm-hmm. matter is yeah. that God does not accept us the way we are when we come to him. He accepts us despite the way we are. Mm-hmm. And he has no intention of leaving us the way we are. If we want to follow Jesus, we don't want all of these other idols that come in our lives. Like, just like the folks in Thessalonica, they, they turn from their idols once they saw Jesus because that's the bargain. The Jesus of the Bible is the bargain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I keep telling the churches, the message is, you know, come to Jesus as you are. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Yeah. We expect you to become like a disciple of Christ, more like Christ.
2: Well, you know, we've got a, I've got an old fellow up here in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And he used to say that you really want all of the pimps and the prostitutes and the sinners to come to church. But says, darned, if you want them to sing in the choir the first Sunday to get there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I noticed watching your sermons and listening to some of your uh, interviews you got some great liners there i tell you
2: well i i grew up with storytellers pat so uh, that's just part of my dna
1: <laughs> there seems to be an 11th commandment in our churches you know i don't mean to be so negative on the churches there's a lot of great ones out there we'll talk about those but in many churches there seems to be an 11th commandment which is thou shall not offend and we can preach whatever i just Don't hurt anybody's feelings, you know. And unfortunately, Jesus said the truth will set you free. But sometimes the truth kind of hurts, especially for those of us who are involved in sin.
2: Well, that's one of the things that that we're trying to tell people here at Southern Evangelical Seminary. If you listen to Jesus to the Bible, Jesus said in the Bible, in this world, you will have trouble. And he says that this world hated me, hated him enough to crucify him. So why should we expect, if we're followers of Jesus, for this world to treat us any better than it treated Jesus? And if we have fear of that, then that is a very sinful part of our life that we need to to deal with.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think churches need to proclaim the truth, and, and pastors cannot be afraid to proclaim the truth. And some churches, yeah, you may lose members in the cultural context you're in. Some churches, you may thrive in the cultural context you're in. People may be sitting there going, "We're looking for answers to these issues," and finally, a church that's proclaiming truth. So it really depends. You need to really trust God on how things fall out, but you got to stay faithful to the message.
2: And and that's what we need so much of in our nation today. We need pastors. We need fathers. We need folks who uh, who count the cost and who are ready to stand in the gap for uh, what's right.
1: Yeah, I think you said you continually preach and teach that if we plan to make an impact for Christ to be light in darkness, we have got to be ready to take our stand and many times to endure pain and suffering that comes with standing for truth in a culture that has turned away from God.
2: Absolutely. I've forgotten the reference in Ezekiel, but I don't have it right in my hands. I wrote it just the other day, but uh, Uh, I think it's about the 22nd chapter of Ezekiel. Uh, God says to Ezekiel, I searched through the land for a man to stand in the gap Mm -hmm. so that I would not have to destroy the nation. And then he goes very poignantly to the next statement and says, but I found none. Wow. So that's what we're looking for at Southern Evangelical Seminary. And I think that's what we ought to be looking for uh, all across our nation in the world, in essence, is we need to be finding people who are willing to stand in that gap and be counted to stand steadfast with arm-in-arm, shoulder-to-shoulder with other Christians. And, you know, the interesting thing when Paul, Pat, describes the armor, to put on the full armor of God, the only thing he calls us to do once we put on the full armor of God is to stand. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't have to do anything else except to stand in the full armor of God. And that's, uh, that's going to be key for us. Where are the Christians in America? Well, Maybe I should specific, where are the Christ followers in America mm. who will stand up and say, enough is enough. I am not going to deny Christ anymore. This is who he is. This is what he's done in my life. And regardless of what you do to me, be it, you know, writing bad things about me on Facebook or interestingly enough, you 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 reference some of my stuff that the Department of Justice is following what I write. Oh Wow. <laughs> I have no idea why. I mean, I, maybe I'm a terrorist by nature, but uh, I certainly don't write anything about uh, revolution or anything like that. But we find our own government here every week at Southern Evangelical Seminary trying to force us to do something that we're not going to do. That's the reality of where we are in this nation, unfortunately, but God always has a remnant path.
1: Yeah. Now let's talk about that institution you were talking about, government. I mean, when you study American history and you walk through the monuments in Washington, D.C. and in capitals throughout our land, I mean, the biblical and Christian heritage is just undeniable. You've got Ten Commandments in the courthouses. You got scripture quoted all over the, the Washington monument the Jefferson the Lincoln uh, memorial the Christian heritage of our nation is undeniable how do we go from this foundation to you know where we find ourselves today
2: well certainly as the family has been attacked, the church has been attacked, as we've talked about that. Really nice baubles have been waved before our eyes and they've looked good to us and we have chased after things that, uh, as church, as Christians, that we ought never, never to have chased after. So we've been compromised and I guess the old adage, the old story about the put the frog in the, in the cold water and, and heat it up and he doesn't realize he's being bowled alive. And that's almost where we are as Christians in America. Somebody's turned the heat up, and it's been so gradual that we haven't realized how bad of shape we're in. I fully agree with you, Pat, that at a very minimum, Christianity has been the conscience of this nation. I don't know that you absolutely have to be a good Christian in order to be uh, a good citizen. But I would say to you that without that formation of the basis of theism, really, and I think every founding father was a theist, if not a Christian, Yeah. then there's no basis for us to to be good people, to be a good people, to to do the things that we need to do. I think it was, I can't remember who it was now, that said that you really don't know that a line is crooked unless you have a straight line to lay down beside of it. Mm-hmm. And so we have erased the God line. That straight line has been erased in our culture, and in our nation. And so therefore, it's hard to, for us to tell whether the line is crooked or whether it's straight, Just laid down next to it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure working as a judge and knowing the inside track of, of how the legal system works and government, give us some examples today of where you see government hostility against the church and, and the Christian faith. We see a lot of it here in Hawaii. They remove prayer from our legislature things like that. But man, give us some examples you're seeing in our nation.
2: Oh, well, it's just rampant. It's everywhere. And, and it's coming through the door of two things. Mainly the biggest one is sex, mm. uh, a hyper sexualization of our culture. Uh, everything's built around that. You see that with alphabet I call it the alphabet sex. The I don't even know what all is there, the LGB, whatever that is, Pat. I don't uh-huh. keep up with it. They keep adding to it. Uh-huh. I think transgender is included in that now. I, I wrote some time back about pedophilia. There's a movement now to erase that as a criminal penalty.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I mean, a real movement to do that. And so that's one of the avenues in which we're being attacked. And pat i'm 70 years old the government could care less about me but what this government wants is my children and my grandchildren yeah. and to change their minds they that that's what they're afraid that folks like me may have some uh, ability to instill in this younger generation and the generations that are to come some semblance of being a Christ follower, of having the dignity of being uh, one of God's children, and the difference that it makes in your life and the way you act. That's why that they're trying to pour into our children now all of this filthy garbage at the kindergarten level. We had a case in North Carolina uh, uh, just a few weeks back of a drag queen who uh, was doing a lap dance for a 12-year-old child in a state school. Mm-hmm. Um, now go figure that uh, this week, the press release this week is on, uh, Mr. Biden's secretary of education, Mr. Miguel Cardona, who was faced with extremely abysmal results. Uh, it's amazing that the history level of competency or level of competency in history for our school students is like the 13 percentile mm. for civics. It's like 22 percentile. That's the ones that are competent, not the ones that aren't competent. Wow. And his concept, what he's come up with is uh, the reason for that is because we're banning books in our school. Yeah. As one fellow said, that's dumb and he knows it's dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of the things I see where government seems to have a lot of antagonism against the church, you know, is that area of free speech. They are promoting the LGBT books and the curriculum, transgender people coming in and and reading and doing lap dance in front of our children and things like that. But you can't have a Bible in public schools. Uh, You know,
2: uh, if your folks, your listeners want to know the technical advantage that we have, I think it's a God given advantage because I think our nation is God given to us. But if you look at various democracies around the world, Their constitution is different than ours. Ours is a unique constitution.
0: Our time for today has come to a close. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Would you or your church be interested in having Pat speak or host an apologetics conference? Just give them a call. In Hawaii, that number is 483-0586. Or you may contact them through the Evidence & Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And while you're there on our website, take a look around. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. Use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio free to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, you can find a link to donate on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors,